This is the second part of my conversation with Jason Njoku of Iroko TV. In the previous conversation, by August, someone's telling me, here's $3 million, build your own business, get off get off YouTube. I'm like, Iroko wasn't even one year old. Now, hold on. Iroko, or Nollywood Love at the time, was not even one year old. And someone's giving me $3 million at a $12 million valuation. And you tell me I should not take it? Now, son, I'm going to take that money. Let me get that money. And the crazy thing is that we decided that like this is a great opportunity, that we're going to build something really big if we can. And we spent the $3 million in five months. What? If you have not listened to that episode, I think you should do so before listening to this one. The next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future podcast with your host, Dalton, coming up today on Building the Future. When you're a small company, you win. And that's basically what I was always focused on doing. I'm focused on winning. Like, I'm naturally a belligerent person. Like, I'm naturally really aggressive. So for me, it's like, I competed like it was do or die. I, again, I still get scared and I, I'm, I'm in survival mode all of the time. If we were going to be a $100 million business, $75 million will have to come from Nigeria. This is the market. It, it always has been the market. We've just been patient in order to get, get this market. Building the Future Podcast Season 3 is brought to you in partnership with Flutterwave. Flutterwave's business is about connecting global businesses to Africa and building new businesses out of Africa through payment and technology. All opinions expressed by me and the podcast guests are solely ours and does not reflect the opinion of Flutterwave. To get started, go to flutterwave.com. Ibaka TV the guys who run the back of TV, launched the back of TV, came out of um, the, the initial employees in Morocco. My cousin, um, as in like my, my my actual blood cousin, fully baked in, she left to go and create like um, a real Nolly movies, which, which is still one of the biggest out there at the moment. So they created all this competition and essentially tried to dilute the impact of Morocco back in like 2014. At the same time, African Magic would try and push us out of the market at the same time. We had a content war essentially 13 and 14. But African Magic had existed before you came. But when we, again, when we came, it wasn't a 24-hour channel. Interesting. And it was very early. Again, go back to 2010. It's very early. You know, they were paying like $1,000 when we were paying like two, $3,000. So they were just like, what the hell's going on here? They essentially tried to recombine the internet with the TV component became like a, a challenge for us because it drove up the prices. So we went from like three to $5,000 to like about 20 to $25,000 within about six months because of that, that, that sort of view of how to combine that, that, that component. It's become a really big problem for us today. So, so it's interesting because you had the early pioneer advantage and you were able to, maybe you took advantage of that to some extent, but you respect, and that's what happened in every industry when a new pioneer comes on board and they grow and then other people see it and they start coming in as well. Mm-hmm. You know, investors will try to put more money into that space. What is it that kept you going in terms of innovation? Because what, what will happen is that you have to, you have to innovate faster than the rest. Sure. Well, I guess also like it's, like I'm naturally a belligerent person. Like I'm naturally really aggressive. So for me, it's like I competed like it was do or die. 
So any small thing I'm like competing for, I'm competing for it. So I think I was just much more aggressive than anybody else out there. And I, I think it's, again, I know who I am. I know we're, we as an organization can do. I know things that we can't do. Um, those things that we can do, we just use blunt force to kind of get things done. And I think, you know, we, we overwhelmingly have a big survival mentality. Like I'm, for me, I, I, again, I still get scared and I, I'm, I'm in survival mode all of the time. So I think because of that, we, we've survived because, because of that. So you have some issues, um, with raising money or do you have issues with the fact that the market became super competitive that your revenue started uh, well the thing is like the market was never competitive for us here again blunt force money we just use money to just demoralize everybody again it's like it's and we have an example so you know African Magic comes and says to producer oh Jason's paying you three to five thousand dollars do you know what let me buy pay TV and I'll put it into the in there I'll give you eight thousand dollars then I come and say I'm gonna give you eight thousand dollars then African Magic comes back and says oh, do you know what no that's that's good of Jason but you know what maybe we do twelve thousand dollars for both internet and pay TV and I go back and I'm like, no, 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 I'll give you twelve thousand dollars then they go back and say oh, do you know what like, I'll give you twenty thousand dollars for internet and TV then I come back and say I'll give you twenty thousand dollars so that is reducing your margin that's winning you're, you're talking about margin I'm talking about winning okay you just want to get the business let's win first and, okay. then, we, and then we can optimize margins later on okay I, I think that's the problem it's like at the early stages of business win with time you can optimize margins that, that's what big companies do who grow like 3 or 4% and they optimize their margins and they kind of return cash to shareholders and pay dividends and stuff like that when you're a small company you win and that's basically what I was always focused on doing. I'm focused on winning. But you can, you were able to do that because you had $3 million that you can play with. $3 million, then $8 million, then $9 million, then 10 million. So that we just kept on raising money, right? So, yes, because um, you were able to raise money, but for companies that cannot raise that kind of money and educate the market in that kind of way, we'll, we, we spell doom for them. That means they might actually die. Because if, if you don't have positive unit economics, you might be winning deals, but if you don't have positive unit economics, you're going to die. We have lost money since we raised money every Every single year since then so we're good we don't have to bleed money and just keep on going right but that's premise on the fact that you will keep on raising money sure so you keep on selling so you you travel around the world and, and i guess here's the thing is that like it's whenever we announced how much we raised it really demoralized the competition which investor today would put money into a nollywood competitor to Rocco tv why would you do that would it like, like it's not going to make any sense Whatever these guys are doing, they're doing it okay. And they obviously have backing from some pretty big guys. So if you put 10 million, this guy will probably go and find 20. So it, it's like, it's demoralizing for the competition, which is great um, for us as a business. It gives us sort of time to build our own business. But again, it's like, it's, I swung for the fences, right? I was like, this will be a really, really big company or it, or it won't exist at all. And we'll just figure out what, what's, what's in, in between, right? How much have you raised so far? It's $40 million in total, but only 35 million went to the company. I think about $5 million has gone to like secondary shares and shit like that. Okay, so you bought out some of the early, early stage investors. Yes. And I wrote about that. I was like, hey, these guys gave me $80,000. Five years, I gave them $2.4 million. Well, well not me. You know, one of the existing investors bought them out for $2.4 million. So for me, I'm, I, I enjoy the journey. I'm a big fan of returning value to my shareholders. So my angel investors, again, $80,000, they got bought two, they got bought out $2.4 million. I never sold any shares in that process. Bastion was the angel investor and co-founder, like became a millionaire as he left Iroko. So, you know, this company has created millionaires already. And I think that's what a lot of people still fail to, to understand is that like, when you build value over the long term, over the process, you can actually build value and this whole secondary thing I, ne- I literally never knew it existed it was Chica and um, Wobi from L5 Labs who actually told me that Jason is how it works so now you can do secondary shares I had no concept that thing existed so when you raise money you were telling your investors that okay we can clean up the cap table and give some of, and Absolutely. provide liquidity for our early, early, early investors well it was more about cleaning up the cap table 
It was more about that. Okay, it was more about cleaning up the capital rather than liquidity. Yeah. And you needed that because so that other investors can come in. How many investors have we got now? So primarily we have four investors. Four. Four investors. So Wise Capital, Tiger Global, Shinovic, and Canal Plus. And they, they are the ones that have been backing you and they continue. Now, what's the big picture here now? Because Netflix is now in Africa mm-hmm. or coming to Africa. Where is this going to for you? What's the big picture? Up until like last year, where, where was Iroko TV's biggest market? It was the US. North America was the biggest market. Should be Netflix is there. So Netflix coming into Africa means nothing. But that's for, for the diasporans, right? But then I, I should be the Nigerians. Yes. Uh, should be the people who watch Nollywood. And it's the same thing. So when people say, oh, Netflix in Africa, I'm like, well, I've been and I built a multi-million dollar business in North America and Netflix has been, always been there. So it's, that, that, that literally has no impact on us. Um, my ambition is to IPO Iwoko. Not because of liquidity and money, just because I want to do that. And that would be good, actually. That would be a great thing because I always say that we need a big success story yeah. and we need people that will be championing that kind of story. Whether IPO or being bought for no, billions no, of I, dollars. I don't want to get bought. I want to IPO. I must IPO this company. Where, where are you looking at? Um, London or NASDAQ. So LSE or, or NASDAQ. When are we looking at that in the horizon? So the key thing is I need to get to about 100, somewhere between 70 to $100 million in revenue. So we're not nowhere close to that yet. You're not close to 70 to 100 million. 70, 70 to 100, 70 to 100, to 100 million. million. No. Per annum. Per so, annum, yeah. So you want to get to 100 million ARR for that. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's funny you said that though because um, we have been developing this thesis around companies in Africa to invest in and we, we're not looking for a billion dollar unicorn stuff but companies that can do hundred million dollars AR if you if you can get companies at that stage then in Africa that's well, the thing is the vast majority of companies in Africa forget internet companies full stop don't do nowhere close to that. Yeah. Most companies here are actually quite small. So again our, our, you know our hope is that over the least somewhere between the next seven to ten years we can get to that hundred million dollars a year. How far are you from from What's your revenue like now? You know I'm going to ask that. No, of course. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a strange one. Um, but we feel that, um, I think in terms of a milestone, we feel that we should be somewhere in uh, 35 to $50 million a year by like 2020. And you've got enough backing and enough interest to back you to that place. Your work TV will be cash flow positive this year. Oh, so you're aiming for that cash flow positive this year? Oh, no, QV will happen this year. 100%. Right. So that means that you can then do whatever you want. I love doing whatever I want. Yeah, And then you can raise money just for growth. Absolutely. But again, it's like, it's, I believe we have what's in place to do that, build that business without raising another dime of venture capital. If we wanted to do it faster, then we can raise venture capital. And we're always speaking to investors, so it's always an interesting conversation to have. So your big market is Africans and Africans in diaspora. And recently you started making Big market is Nigeria. Okay, yeah, that's what I was about to get to. You started making moves to give access to Nigerians to be able to do this using distribution network that exists in a country. If we were going to be a $100 million business, $75 million would have to come from Nigeria. This is the market. It always has been the market. We've just been patient in order to get, get this market. But the, but the data for streaming online is very, very super expensive in this country. But we fixed that. We have data-free downloads. We fixed that. There's no need to have data using Waco TV. Meet one of our agents or find someone who has the phone, a movie on their phone already. They can do a, a direct Wi-Fi transfer directly and you can use it. And how is that going? Great. And what about your move to TV, terrestrial or, or satellite TV? That's been amazing to one of you. We're actually announcing Rock 2 and Rock 3, uh, two more channels on GoTV. On GoTV, local TV. GoTV. That's, that's big, right? That's humongous. Right. What's the 
the revenue model for TV is advert, right? No. We what get paid it? to run channels on TV. You get paid absolutely by the Go TV guys to have your channel. We have there. a great relationship with multi choice canal, like people pay us. I thought the way it works is that you have to pay them to for you to host in the UK, right? Sky. You have to pay Sky to be on Sky TV. So Sky is different, but most of the channels on Sky, Sky pays them, firstly. But in the UK it's different because there's a the UK, as long as you get ratings, you'll make money. It's as simple as that. And I think that's the benefit of, of the UK and its sort of mature market. But typically here in that Africa, if, like, if you've got a good channel and it's great, then you basically they, they pay you, right? So here, it's the other way around. They pay you to be on there. To be absolutely. On the so Star Times paid us. When we had War on Zuku, they pay us. Canal Plus pay us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We've we got great content. We know to put together really good channels. You've got to pay us. Like, you know, it's not free. So you've been one of those people that really rode the wave of ups and downs in this country mm-hmm. with... Uh, with the currency exchange that affected a lot of That was great for us. That was great for you. Absolutely. It was amazing. What happened? I earned my money in dollars. Right. It means you have more spending power. Yeah. In the UK with Brexit, it's great for me. I earned my money in dollars. What happened then that you were letting off a lot of people at some point? That was 2015. That was actually, bef- that had nothing to do with the, the, the economy. That was more a question of um, when you're a product company, a Rocker TV, if your product sucks, your company sucks. 2015, our Android app sucked. So we needed to put all of our money and our energy into rebuilding, resetting and rebuilding that thing in order for the company to survive. If we wouldn't, if we weren't able to build an engineering team and turn that around, then I think we would have died in 2015 because no one would have had any faiths in our actual product. Now I think we've got one of the most, um, like well used consumer internet products. Was in, it because in, your uh, engineering team was not based locally? It was always based in, it was based in London. We actually shifted it to New York in 2015 and I just closed my eyes and I spent huge amounts of money to, to build that engineering team out. In, in New York. And that turned things around for you. Massively. Right. So the line of thought for my question was that you wrote through a lot of ups and downs and a lot of things in the Nigerian tech ecosystem. And you've also been investing. What is your view about um, the ecosystem generally in terms of the quality of the companies that are coming on board now, the type of problem they are solving, and the prospect of those companies succeeding in terms of the definition of success, exiting, going IPO, or providing returns for their investors? My concern is that there's so much hype still in this baked into this system but don't we need the hype no what we need is fundamentally good strong value generating companies that's what we need because if you look over a 10-year period the hype will burn itself out it will burn itself out if you think about it again 13 14 15 e-commerce was going to change the world now it's like fintech and no one even talks about e-commerce anymore it's hype it's a hype cycle and the hype is driven by the fact that money is going to a particular sector or is it driven I think by it's driven overwhelmingly and unfortunately by money is going to a particular sector. And not just the individual founders that are trying to get on PR machine. I think it's driven by, again, as I said before, once upon a time, getting into TechCrunch was a really, really big deal. I think Jessica Hope has done a really amazing job at making that much more accessible. So there's so much more hype. The thing is, it's so much more hype and it's unchecked. So people don't really call out when people are... Um, uh, blowing smoke. Blowing smoke. When I used to call people out back in my younger days, uh, before I had kids and shit, um, people used to give, used to get really angry at me. I, I think that was, that was where I formed my um, reputation as being a, like a dickhead or whatever people want to call me these days. It's because I would call things out. I'm like, I don't like that. That's nonsense. This doesn't make sense. That's nonsense. What are the key things that you would likely want to call out now without naming names or without being apparent? If, if you're fundamentally calling things out, you name names. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole point. Free, free. What do you want to call out now? 
I, again, I, I think fintech is way overheated. So I think, it's, I think there's three big, I think fintech is way overheated. I think people in early stage companies have a massive valuation disconnect from reality. Then a lot of the new guys now expect to raise money at numbers, which I think make absolutely no sense. Um, I'm less uh, involved in angel investing in the moment. So I guess that's what I typically see, see a deal flow and I just kind of ignore it. Um, and I think third is like, um, when we fail, we need to fail more publicly, right? And it's like, you know, it's, we still give a lot of vanity metrics and it annoys me. So, um, when someone's like, we have like X million people who signed up. I'm like, well, that doesn't really mean anything. It's a big number, but it doesn't actually mean anything. Like if you're going to share data, share like real data, actionable data that people can get a sense of your business. So I will share my DAU, MAU for your TV. Cause that's like, that's a real number. That's what a Facebook or a Snapchat or a Twitter essentially like report in their earnings. And that's like what drives a lot of their value up and down in their market cap. How many people in total ever registered for like Twitter? Who gives a shit? Cause no one cares. They don't share those numbers. So I think there is still a lot of hype. There's still a lot of vanity. I think because I have access to the founders, I get to hear the real story. I'm like, bro, like why, like, why don't you share this publicly? Why don't you like be more honest with this thing? Oh, and again, there, there are many reasons why people don't want to be sharing their numbers publicly. Because I do ask people on my podcast as well. Some will say for competitive reasons. Some will say because they're still trying to raise money and they need to have a front that looks really nice. So you asked me about the ecosystem, right? Yeah. If you're going to contribute to the ecosystem, then contribute to the ecosystem. If you're going to share like bullshit information, which doesn't make any sense, then don't, sh- don't share it on, don't share it. Like it's, you can't have one and then the other one. I think I'm an old man now with like three kids and shit. So otherwise I'll be out there in the trenches, just like calling people out, but I can't bother it anymore. So I just keep it moving. So you think that it's a lot of overeated stuff? Yes, 100%. Uh, and you, while I agree with you, I totally agree with you on that one, but I also think that we need some of the hypes because we need success stories and success stories sometimes come So who's hypes. successful? I should ask you. I'm not successful. Who's, who's successful? Oh, but, but by the way, it, it depends on what you term as the criteria for success. If you're looking for billionaires in the tech ecosystem across Africa, there's none. But if you're looking for people that have built something out of nothing and have built a business, might not be profitable yet. I think it's interesting that how many billionaires are there even in Africa? 40? Maybe 50 billionaires? There's not that many. Again, it's like it's people throw billions around like it's not real money. Like there's not that many billionaires in the world. Like, Nigeria is actually a really small economy. And like half a trillion dollars, which if you believe that, and I don't believe that for a second, is is correct. That's like Chicago. There are more billionaires in Chicago than there are in Nigeria. In Nigeria, definitely. There are more probably, billionaires in Manhattan than there are in, there are in, the, in I would say in the whole of Africa. Yes. You're going far in the whole of Africa. <laughs> yes. So it's like. Let's slow our roll a bit when we're talking about billionaires and billionaires. So like, I don't expect to see billionaires in technology in Nigeria in the next 15, 20 years. So I, why I are you, expect it. okay. So what is your, what is fundamentally driving your betting on businesses? Because you're an investor as well. If you don't expect to see billionaires in the next 15 to 20 years, because I, I have a different view on that because I know tech grows uh, exponentially rather than. So what, uh, so what, what tech has grown exponentially in Nigeria? The, the the thing is, so exponential growth is is very hard for a human mind to 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 see exponential growth, right? Because you expect it to just be growing uh, progressively, okay? Um, I think WhatsApp is linearly. No, but no, no. It, but technology. WhatsApp. WhatsApp. Yeah, is a pure example of exponential growth in Nigeria because in the last six or since at least I've been in Nigeria, it has become the fundamental communication tool. For all Nigerians. Yeah. That's exponential growth. And you're looking at a product. I'm talking about it. 
tech ecosystem totally right people building on top of each other more people more talent coming into mm. the space more company being formed more money coming you know i think i just started coming to nigeria in the last three years and the growth that i've seen in terms of the talent that's what new businesses coming on board but, but i think there's a bit but, but, but let me give you an example so from 2010 when i came here to 2015 more money came into nigeria than has come in from 2015 to, 15 to like 18 and i'm pretty confident that more money will come in for that te- five-year period to the second 2015 to 2020. You think so? 100% sure. And do you also think that more quality businesses will are built with that five-year period? No, absolutely not. So now there are more quality businesses being built? Yeah, because they're being forced to be built in a normal way. Less money coming in, is that because of a fundamental shift in terms of uh, we're now in almost a bear market compared to bull marketing? No, well, the thing is the biggest investors... Tiger Global came, dropped maybe like 50, 60, 70 million dollars in Africa, no, in Nigeria, and then haven't done another deal since then. What you want is a Tiger Globals to keep on doing deals. And again, it's like... And why do you think they're not doing that? Well, the thing is, imagine this, you put, they put 20 million dollars, I think it was, into Make My Trip. Within three years, Make My Trip listed on the NASDAQ, it's now worth about two or three billion dollars. Yeah, QQ, the video service which they put in and thing, listed on the NASDAQ, I think it was 2014 or 15. Is now worth about eight or nine billion dollars. If you were Tiger, where would you put your money? They put their money into Iroko, they put their money into Wakanao, they put their money into um into uh who else was it? Private property and jump man and, and that and that kind of stuff. Like with all due respect, and I think we've all tried our best, they're not gonna see a listed company in the next five years. So if you think of the investor framework, it's well if I can put money into into something in India and make that money back really quickly. And again, like they are by far the most aggressive invest early stage investors in the world and they're the most best early stage investors in um in India. And they've taken billions of dollars already out of India in terms of value. They invested in China really early and they've taken billions of dollars out of I think they were in JD and they were in QQ and then a whole bunch of other companies. They've taken huge amounts of value out of um there was a company, um I think it's in Latin America, it's an Argentinian company called Desper uh Desper. The Sapaga or something like that. It's basically like the Expedia of Latin America. That listed like three or four months ago on the NASDAQ, I think it was. That business was worth about four or five billion dollars when they listed. Tiger Global owned 50% of the shares in that company. They invested in that company in 2010. They owned 50%? 50% of that company. Something like that. Because that they company. kept doubling up and going down. In, in no, no. They got early. They, were, they got in early. They were going early. But getting early doesn't mean, doesn't mean they, they owned significant well, the, well, the shares. Thing is, if you, if, so Tiger Global got in early and they're the biggest shareholder in Iroko. It's about getting in early. It's the most important thing is to get in early. Because then it's been, it, that's when it's the most riskiest way. So I think, look, if you look at it from a purely fundamental standpoint, between that 2010, 2015, who were the biggest investors in startups then? It was Tiger Global. It was Shinovic. It was Intel Capital. They were the people who were writing big checks. Who are writing the checks now? Like, I've raised $40 million. How many funds targeting Africa are even that big? The fundamentals are different. So if the funds aren't there, then who's supposed to be investing? And the people that came in early that time that were supposed to continue to invest are now... Stopped. Uh, uh, they all stopped. They all stopped. What do you think led to that? I mean, is it because the fundamental... Because there's this big story about Africa rising, the population more connected, more... It was a story. More and it educated. was a hype. It was a story and it was a hype. And over time, that story is now reversed. The Africa rising story, no one really says that story anymore. Like this big middle class that everyone was expecting to see, they're not seeing them anymore. These big growth stories around commodities, it's not there anymore. 
And this is what I'm talking about. Over like a 10, very few companies, if any companies can sustain hype over like a 10 year period of time. So if you want to build an ecosystem of actual companies providing value and getting paid by their customers or whoever it is, you have to be able to build that over like a 10 year period of time. You have to be able to build that over a 10 year period of time. You can't just base it purely on hype. Because at some point that shit will come come home. So you think the fundamentals of Africa rising was hype and there was nothing there so much. There was there was no fundamental thing about middle class, more spending power, more connectivity. Of course not. Look data, at G- political stability. Look at Jumia. If you want if you want to see how the Africa rising story stopped dead, look at Jumia's numbers. It's crazy. You know, Congo tried their hardest, but in the end they stopped too. Sim's a very good friend of mine. Sim's like my he's like my uncle. He I, anytime he helped guide me on so many dark moments of mine and that was why I was so like people sort of lashing him like that. He's this guy's tried man. Like he's tried. So like, let's 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 remember what this guy's done for all of us. So for me it's like when I wrote that thing be like Sim, it was for the ecosystem to remember what that guy's actually tried to do. Me, I haven't really cared that much about the ecosystem. Sim cared. Like Sim would cry for Nigeria. Me, I wouldn't cry too much. I'd jump on a plane and go and see it in London. Like it's different. So when someone cares so much and everyone's lashing him and his team like they're stupid, it's like, no, you don't you, you don't actually understand how difficult this thing is. Most Nigerian businesses are not big. They're not big. And if they are big, it's because someone, government officials, giving them a monopoly and it's just taking advantage of all of us. This country is not known for building big, large, stable, long-term businesses. It's not. It's a trading nation. We don't build businesses. We don't build products which we start from here and go out to the rest of the world. We don't do that. We don't do that. So why would we now think the ecosystem will be any different? So again, it's like it's... We now have this great thing called hype, which is now fintech, and uh, we'll see in five years whether that's still the case. But, but fintech is solving real problems. So companies that are building fundamental uh, fintech product are solving problem of make, enabling people to pay and get paid. The vast majority of people still don't pay with a, with a digital means. I would say Star, I would say GT Banks, USSD, serving a bigger problem for most people than any fintech is solving right now. I don't see any fintech being able to be as big as um, GT Bank's um, solution. I don't see it. So how would you advise uh, an investor that wants to come into Africa? So there are a couple of funds already now betting on Africa. <laughs> You're talking about 15 <laughs> to 20, mil, 20 years before who are the, can who, who are the funds who are betting on Africa? TLCOM, for example. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. So TLCOM is a white combinator who are betting, making small bets on an African company. The great thing about hype cycles is let's see what those companies are in five years' time. The first five years of Iwako is completely different to the last three years of Iwoko. It's so different. What's different? One, we survived. Okay. First, first you have to survive. One, we because survived. we were able to raise my money. But it was raised on something, right? These guys are making progress in certain areas. They focus on certain things. So for example, like, you know, 90% of the content that we now put across all of our channels and all of our platforms, we created now, we own it. We're the biggest, we're, we're like, between us and Mock Studios, we're, we're the biggest Nollywood studio. Full stop. Real value. So you're creating value. And Real value. Good. So let's go back to that advice for investors that want to come into Africa. Would you say, guys, why don't, don't do this? Why do I need to advise investors? No, I'm just based on your view. Really simple. Shine your eyes. Look for real. Look under the hood for real companies. Don't read press releases or see what motherfuckers talk about on Twitter. Like, go and deep dive and see what real companies are doing. And I think it's, again, it's um, before Y Combinator, Spark was making small investments in some companies. Those companies have gone on to be some of like, the, I would say like the most strong standing companies in the ecosystem. Hotels is going to be a good company. It take it 10 years to be a really big company, but it'll be a big company. Tulip quietly just gone on with things, you know, will be a really big company in 10 years time. I'll go venue again, quietly gone on with things, be a big company. Drinks, 
solving its own problems, you know, um, lubricating social aspects of Nigeria forever. So I think, again, it'll be a really big company. How many Nigerian investors have that kind of track record? There's a reason why I was able to look at these people and be like, you know what, when push comes to shove, these people willing to stand up. And I ask any of the guys, I spend no time with them. I don't sit on boards. I don't like board meetings. I'm not interested. I spend no time with them. But I'm like, when push comes to shove, are you willing to sit there and basically make this business work? That's, that's the only criteria. And if you're not willing to run this business for the next 10, 15 years, then you're going to fail. No two ways about it. So all of the MBAs and those kind of folks who sort of came in here with their big degrees and their big noise, like how many, how many of those companies are consistently still there, still running them? Should be, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm seeing, I'm wearing a Rocket TV t-shirt. I'm, I'm, I'm on ground. I'm running this business. This business is me. This is my business. This is how I'm going to feed my children. So if you don't have that long-term attitude, then it's not going to work. So for me, it's like, skip the hype. What is this? Are they actually providing value? If this company disappeared, will the world change? If you work or disappear today, a lot of people will be deeply upset about it. Customers, the industry, like, because it's a big, big producer of content. How many families we feed all of the time? How many people? We employ 400 people. So if you would, if we were to die today, a lot of people would be like, it would change Nollywood because we've changed Nollywood already. So investors should be looking at that kind of value. Yes. Are you are talking about value in terms of revenue or the fundamental problem they're solving and how massive that problem is? The fundamental problem they're solving and how massive that problem is. But you still have this pessimistic view that we're still not going to have about big, big companies in the next 15 to 20 years in Africa, even if they are solving that problem, which I think, except you want to disagree, it does that mean that very small spending power, the spending power of Africans is so low that they cannot support big companies, even if, there's, even, even if it's solving fundamental problems for them. So it's fundamental problems at what scale? So again, if you look at, if you look at some of our biggest companies, how big are they? So I'm a big fan of like fast moving consumer goods. And if you look at the Chivita deal, so Chivita sold for equivalent of like $600 million value, but that's like a 30-year-old company and sold at $600 million value. And that business was generating like, I'm sure, in the hundreds of millions of dollars EBITDA on, a, on, a, on, a, on an annualized basis. That business touches like everybody in Nigeria. It beat the shit out of like Coca-Cola and all of the other big guys who tried to compete in Nigeria, the Chivita and the rest of their brands. But again, it's something which touched everybody. How many of us are solving problems today which are literally going to touch everybody? And not just the top 5%. No, the 95%. Again, it's like when people talk about Iroko TV, it's not for the top 5%. And that is the most, um, that, that has so helped me focus my mind on where I should put in my energies. It's, it's so great that I'm not, I'm, I'm like, I don't even, I live down the road in, in Ikeja. My office is in Anthony Village. Like this is where the multitude of people would largely be. Again, we're focused on Android. Like, you know, we, everything we do is from our price point to how we position ourselves to the content we have. Everything is built for the masses. So for, for me, you know, as I said, if, if I'm going to have a hundred million dollars in revenue, 75 million dollars will come from Nigeria. If I'm going to generate 75 million dollars from Nigeria, it's not from your lucky Ikoi VI people. It's going to be from the masses. But do Okay. Going back to what I said, you have a view that fifth. In 15 years' time, we might not still have these big businesses that will be billion dollars or something like that, or there will not be. But so a company valued at $100 million in a, as a Nigerian company is a big company. It's a big company. Do this when you, when you, when you, when you, when you, to, go and look at the Nigerian stock exchange. Pick like 20 random companies in pharmaceuticals, in like, just look at the market value of these companies. Not big companies. Nigeria doesn't have a history of massive big companies. So I think to solve big problems in Nigeria, and to extract value in order to solve those problems, it's really hard and it's going to take a lot of time for people to get comfortable with that fact. So I'm sitting here telling you that in 10 years time, I'll still be sitting here, still be pushing along, trying to run Morocco, make it really big. That's essentially what I, that, that will be 17 years of me running Morocco in 10 years time. So founders and investors are coming to this most. I just want to draw out the lessons. Long term, 
Yeah, 20 years. And do recalibrate your valuation yep. to the market. Yep. Hundred million dollar company is like a billion. It's like a unicorn. Yes, in my mind, I still believe that very few of our companies will be hundred million dollar company in ten years time. So that should then you can walk your way back on the valuation now Absolutely. that you don't optimize for a billion dollar like this Silicon Valley is optimizing for. That's the that's the that's the point of difference. Right. Let's move on because we're now getting to the end of the podcast. I just want to ask a few questions. It's a fire and. Start and, and I'll just ask you a question and then you give me one line answer to that. Sure. I'll ask follow on. What is your biggest business pain point at the moment? Education. Educating who? Consumers don't know how to use Yoko TV, don't know how to use Android phones. Biggest problem. And that's a reflection of the population? Population, the literacy rates, absolutely. And you are trying to build a business for all of them so that you have to spend a lot of money in educating or, or riding on the wave of... I have 250 people in an outbound call center. We call people. Imagine you registered in 2016 and I called you last week and I got you to subscribe. Think about that. You registered in 2016. I called you two years later and you still subscribed. Why didn't you subscribe then? Why didn't you subscribe then? Because they didn't understand. You literally have to walk them through it. Ma, please do this thing. Okay, have you done that? Uh, okay, no problem. And I might do this thing. Ma, have you done that one? Okay, let me send you the text message now, okay? Eh. Ma, I'll call you back. Let me just confirm. And I'll... You literally have to walk someone through. It's education. What is your number one growth metric? Growth metric? Yeah, for your business. So right now I'm optimizing for revenue. So revenue is what I look at. Revenue is your growth metric now. And and that's a reflection of how much people are subscribing. It's a subscriber rate or you're making your money. Iroko TV is a third. So Iroko TV represents about 30% of our revenue this year. So it's actually not the biggest business. So it's our big sort of platform customers and a whole bunch of other stuff. So right now I'm, I'm focused purely on revenue generation. Which book are you reading at the moment? Right at the moment, um, I use Audible. So I listen to like the Kindle, not the Kindle, the uh, audiobook and Kindle. So right now I'm reading King Leopold's Ghost. It's about the colonization of the Congo in the um, late 1900s. By King Leopold. Yep. And I'm listening to Alexander Hamilton biography. Have you um, seen the show? I haven't seen the show, but I will see the show. I, wanna, I wanted to know him before I, I, I will go and see the show. It's still in London. I'm sure I'll go and see it. I think the ticket is very, very hard to get right. I'm sure I can get it. Yeah, you can get it way around it. Which business apart from yours is getting you excited at the moment? Sports betting. So gambling business is actually really, 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 really exciting. Like massively. I'm so excited about sports betting. I think as an industry, it's really, really amazing. I'm going to be a big investor in that industry over the next five years. Yeah, because you saw the massive potential in it. They have somehow been able to reach mass adoption amongst the men of Africa simultaneously over the last 10 years with no venture capital. And the great thing about it is if you go to Ghana, the companies which are winning in Ghana are completely different to the companies which are winning in Nigeria, are completely different to the companies which are winning in Kenya, are completely different to the companies which are winning in like Uganda and South Africa. So What's the factor driving that? It's, is it localization? Of- it's not really localization. It's like you put something in, you get something back out. It's basically how this our culture essentially is. And then riding on the wave of sports, Absolutely. Football culture, which Absolutely. is massive in Africa, Absolutely. with EPL becoming one of the biggest religion now. Sure. So riding on that. Well, the thing is, it's mathematics, right? Sports betting is mathematics. It's odds. So when I first opened up sports betting, I was like, how do you, this thing doesn't, doesn't it's not intuitive. So I remember asking Akin and I about like, how are people figuring this thing out? It's not easy. He was like, they're just asking other people. People ask people who ask people who ask people. And imagine this is like, if the industry collects every week 10 billion naira, it pays out. Like 90 billion naira. So, uh, yeah, so 9 billion naira. So, 90, that's how the industry works. That's basically how it works. Again, it's, it's numbers. 
So the industry collects money and then pay a lot yeah. back. So I mean, it's, let's imagine. So the thing is, if you if you look at um, bets three six five, their total bets or wages is like thirty five billion pounds, per and month then or per annum per annum. But their revenue is like three point two billion or, or like two point five billion pounds. So their margin is like eight or nine percent of the entire amounts wagered, which means. 90 to 91 or 2 percent of the of the money which is wages is being won which means people are always winning you put money in you put money in like statistically you have a 90 percent chance of winning so if you have somewhere everybody's always winning which is unlike pool where yes where one or two people typically win so if you pay like the lottery you can like my mom plays the lottery you can she, she can you can play that thing for years and you win like Every couple of months, you win like ten pounds or something, and that's that's fine. You make max four numbers, you win ten pounds. But that's a statistical model which says let's get to get to keep people retained. We've got to give people just give, give some money away. But it's still massively popular business. They're structurally massively popular businesses, and everything's great, which is that they don't require investors; they just grow. Yeah, and I think at core these are marketing businesses first, so brand and marketing businesses first. And if you look at any gaming company, uh, marketing is definitely like their biggest um, line item. Then the technology businesses. So it's marketing first, technology second. So it's technology, right? And I think, um, I'm, I guess I'm, I'm fortunate to sort of like be in a position where I can make investments in, in gambling and, and, and sort of see how that plans out. So yeah, I, I'm most excited about real money gambling in, in Africa. Good. Uh, Jason, it's been a pleasure and very insightful chatting with you. Um, thank you very much for coming to the show. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed it. I did. It was great. Thank you. Thanks so much. Building the Future Podcast Season 3 is brought to you in partnership with Flutterwave. Flutterwave's business is about connecting global businesses to Africa and building new businesses out of Africa through payment and technology. All opinions expressed by me and the podcast guests are solely ours and does not reflect the opinion of Flutterwave. To get started, go to flutterwave.com. You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have a favor to ask you, and it will take 30 seconds of your time or less. It will mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, you can easily let me know by going into iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts and subscribe. You can also go to our website, thestarter.com. That is T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A.com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks.